Hello everyone, Good Life Housing Partners, live from GLHP HQ in downtown Los Angeles. This is episode 43. Thank you for joining us on our weekly podcast. We come with a bunch of information this week. Um, looking forward to another conference next week, so we'll probably kind of put two of these together in a very short amount of time if we uh, if we can make it before Thursday's con- Tuesday's conference in Austin. That's the the Interface Conference, which is an annual conference, usually happens in April, but uh, being a year, I guess, slightly different than last year, but very different than most years, yeah. uh, it has been moved to July, so it's going to be a, in July 13th to 15th in Austin, and um, it'll be kind of interesting. It's, a, it's a, not a normal month to have conferences in Austin, but this is, a, I'd say it's a, a, a year like no other except for last year, so... Uh, David Fong, where does this find you, my friend? Yeah, it's it's a conference where, I, once again, I think, like us and, and the rest of the U.S., the, the curtain for the COVID wall is uh, window is being drawn open, and we're returning back to normal. Um, also, this I guess this podcast is post-July 4th, yes. so belated happy July 4th to everyone. And uh, this July 4th, I think, is you know, very different from last year's July 4th. Very. And we're in the heart of COVID, um, I think travel i think that a lot of people were traveling and and definitely a lot of different things you know i went out i think i played a little poker and i went out to movie theater this time and uh which i haven't done actually probably pre-pandemic i probably haven't gone to movie theater in a long time and uh was you know was a little nervous but at the same time it was refreshing to kind of get back to some pre-pandemic living um and i think a lot of other people were, were had, a, had a good fourth of july uh, what about yourself? I think you were out of town, right? I was out of town, and uh, we we were in Mexico until right before the fourth, and then we came back that the fourth weekend, and uh, it was uh, I guess we have not heard or seen as many fireworks this past Fourth of July, I, I, at least that I can remember in Los Angeles. This city was lit up. It was fireworks everywhere. In fact, there was one point where from uh, there was a parking lot where somebody was just setting off fireworks and there's like pretty, you know, there's high rises surrounding it. And at one point there was like fire engines and like all these things came through. I'm like, okay, finally they're going to like get this person to stop shooting fireworks. And they're like, they look like pretty professional fireworks. This is not like a bottle rocket. It's like real, like, you know, not Dodger Stadium, but getting there. Getting like, there okay. They're like real rockets. Wow, they're going in the air. And booms. And like and booms and, you know, lights all over the place. And, and I guess what had happened was this person shot up the firework and it basically broke, like, windows on the skyscraper, which, like, oh, endangered no. the, like, people in the apartment and, like, the fire department to come and, like, stop the... I don't know what happened, but it's, like, basically, like, the guy... These are explosives at the end of the day and, like, they they fly. And, like, so, yeah, this, uh, these windows got broken and it was, like, a, it's like a situation. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, I, I agree. It's been a loud fourth. You're right. There have been a lot more fireworks all around the South Bay where I live. Um, I, I actually think even in the news there was some, like, discovery. Uh, they, they shut down Hermosa Beach at one yeah. point because some guy, they had discovered, some lifeguards had discovered. I don't know exactly what it meant, though. They said they used the word bunker. They discovered a bunker, and inside were all these firework mortars, they called it, that, were wired, that were wired to explode. Someone had abandoned them. 
until you know they had to shut down the beach and and and, uh, and then uh, i don't know bomb squad people came and took them away and stuff but you know and they're now investigating like how did this even like wind up <laughs> how, did they, yeah. how did this wind up in hermosa beach but uh but there definitely was a lot of other loud uh, explosions and other things all around the south bay and it's definitely um much louder than i remember it ever being yeah. in a long long time so which, i mean from we're in downtown and we can use it's usually it's it's usually actually it's actually cool that we can see the fireworks in different parts of the city from our place. And that's cool. You can watch it. And if you want to watch longer, you can watch it. But, but this, like, was just on another level. I mean, last year was pretty loud, too, actually. Because yeah. I think people just didn't have anywhere to go. And so this year they had places to go, but they also, I don't know what was, yeah. like, I don't know. In, in some ways it kind of felt like people were, like, just, just you know, expressing, out, yeah, let, yeah, just letting like, off some steam, some pent out, pent up, you know, bunker, dumb, dumb, you know, get out of the bunker mentality, yeah, too. Yeah. That, you know, I want to celebrate. create a new bunker in yeah, case of Hermosa Beach. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, it's been, it's been a, you know, really kind of a fast start to July. There's been a ton of stuff happening. You know, one thing that really stuck out to me was, you know, the, the what, what seems like the, the soon-to-be election of Eric Adams as the new mayor of New York. And, and I think this is, like, something we're going to really see in, in U.S. cities. Eric Adams, just his little background, is a former police officer in New York. He's an African-American guy. And his real, the way he ran and, and eventually how he won was that he was going to be tough on crime. And I think if you look at it, like, when they, this race started, I don't know, a year ago or nine months ago, I don't think anyone gave this guy really a chance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think everyone's front runner was Andrew Yang, who has, like, four million Twitter followers and, you know, is really kind of the guy who fits what New York mayoral politics, you know, kind of electives have been. It's like a big name guy that's come in to like, you know, clean things up or reform things more like Bloomberg. And, yeah. I don't well, know, he, had big, he has definitely big name recognition. Yeah, for yeah, the president. yeah, 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 yeah. He ran for president, was yeah. actually somewhat successful for a while. Uh, but the election of Adams is a real underdog. And in fact, you could see, I, I watched it a little bit, like, even Yang had started to take on some of what Adams was saying on being, like, tough on crime, and he came out with, like, you know, one, one of the final debates, he, Yang's quote was, it really caused a lot of stir, was that, you know, the homeless are, you know, the homeless have rights, but, you know, we as normal citizens have rights, too. Like, every, you know, we, we have rights, too, and people forget that, yeah, the homeless do have rights, but normal citizens in cities have rights, too. Yeah. And that was, like, a big and flaring comment. But anyway, I think one of the things that I noticed was that the election or the probable election of the Adams shows that in a city like New York where, you know, the safety and the, the safety in the streets is so important and so vital to just having that type of city function is it could really like be this new watershed. It could be like a real watershed moment for local politics, especially in larger cities, which have like, as we saw with fireworks this past weekend, or we just see... You know, on any given day in San Francisco where people are running out of stores with $1,000 worth of merchandise, that you're just in this world where, like, things feel less safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I noticed that, too. I saw the article about Adams, and I, I guess he, and he, he's now, I think it's, I don't know if it's been formally announced. Almost. He, he's, he's won at least the Democratic primary, and the, and the Democrats usually win New York pretty much. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know when the last time a Republican has won it. Um, but what, but what's but yeah, it's probably Giuliani. But what's sad is not sad. I guess what's interesting about Andrew Yang is I think he only came in fourth or fifth yeah. place. And, and, and I, given how much he spent and his name recognition um, yeah. um, and his all of those followers, as yeah. you mentioned, I'm really really surprised that he came in so so, so uh, weakly. I would think at least he'd be in the top three. 
And for Adams to win, as you mentioned, I think that, and I've seen some articles in the New York Times about it too, that, you know, that, that message about safety and anti-crime definitely really resonates well with sort of middle class and certain immigrant voters in, in New York City, they said. And that's yeah. what really played a big role in his success, which, you know, it'll probably be as, you know, history is any um, proof of it, you know, the Democrats will win again and he'll probably be the next yeah. mayor. Probably will. I think I think you'll see this start to slowly stretch towards other cities. You'll you'll see like other cities where you might not get somebody like Eric Adams, but even like Francisco Suarez in Miami, mm-hmm. who's been, you know, he's lauded as somebody that brought tech to Miami, which is definitely true. He's brought some of that to Miami, but really, I mean, he, you know, that's one part, and that's the really kind of outwardly part that you see and hear about, but really. Probably Suarez, the thing he's really done is he's kept Miami really kind of like safe and clean and just does not allow that, you know, these other elements to enter into these communities. And and it's basically, you know, he's, he's I think he's Democrat, but he leans Republican for, or he's conservative for a lot of things. And you're starting to see this happen more and more in other cities in America where you're starting to see, you know, this more of a, not authoritative, but like really people that are tougher on crime take to power. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, 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 th- I think, think, I think you're right there. I think that, I think that trend. I think, if anything, the Democrats, I think, need to kind of grab a hold of that message. If they can, I don't know if they're they capable of it. I mean, Eric Adams is probably really an anomaly. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not. I don't. I mean, like, think of our own, like L.A., where Garcetti is. You know, maybe he's an ambassador to India, maybe not. I would say Garcetti is probably a good job for him. He should move this mm-hmm. along because, you know, I think the city probably needs new leadership at this point. It definitely needs new leadership, um, but like, who who's the next person? I, I don't know. I don't know who the next. I, person. I, I don't know. There's no you, one like, on the city council that's like yeah, standing out. Standing there's no out one. There's the no one. Council. Yeah, you know, there's it's not, no major comp. Yeah, there's no Andrew or, Yang here. There's yeah. no like you know nobody nobody that like that's you know that type of dynamic personality would seem to want to be mayor of the city. Well, it's, well, it's a tough, thankless job, too, in a yeah. lot of ways. But, but, like, Bloomberg wanted to be mayor of New York. Yeah. There was a real, like, I love New York type of feel of Bloomberg. Yeah. Like, you know, even though he's a billionaire, he's like, I want to fix my city, or I want yeah, to yeah. improve it, or whatever his mantra was. Yeah, he definitely, I think, you know, he made his fortune <coughs> in New York, and he, he, I guess he had, like you said, a love of the city. And yeah, I don't know what to, it's to fix it exactly, yeah. but it yeah. seemed like that was Yeah, true. but that's rare, actually. I think it's rare, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, if I think of Dallas, I have no idea who the mayor of Dallas is, but, like, Mark Cuban would be, like, somebody that would, that kind of, you know, he has some conservative sort of views, but he's fiscally, like, kind of progressive in all yeah. ways. But I don't know if he didn't want to do it. He talks about running for president, yeah. you know, then. So um, it's interesting. But you, I think you're going to start to see a shift in these cities. And, like, I guess to tie it back to real estate is, on a very fundamental level, like, we need communities to be safe. And like in some of the communities we buy in, we can help with that to a certain degree. Like we can definitely make sure, you know, the window theory of not having broken windows, of having clean apartments and clean communities. We can do certain things, but at some point, like it's, there's only so much we can do. We can hire security. Yeah. But you need, you need government help. You need, you need, it needs to be a a combination of of private and and, and, uh, public working on the solution. Um, interesting enough now as we're moving away from the pandemic and vaccinations are up and everything I've been watching you know we always talk about you know retail was hard hit and it's interesting uh, to see where retail is today and I saw some interesting articles where 
you know, especially with a lot of the malls they're being redeveloped because of, of all those retailers who kind of went out of business and, and it's interesting some of those malls like century city for example the westfield century city here in los angeles it's interesting how they kind of pivoted in the new types of tenants some of the things they're bringing in and what's a couple of interesting things they, they did they they now have added some, an element of medical office a little bit they've brought in fertility and family building mm -hmm. clinics which is interesting um They've also added Lucid, which I, I don't know if you ever heard of their cars. I, I saw it in a car oh, magazine yeah, yeah, recently because yeah. I was looking for a new car. It's about but public. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, Lucid's public, but if you, um, they've got a big electric car showroom now. Yeah. And so it's not just Tesla. And so, um, and then, you know, they're ex what a lot of these mall guys are doing, they're, they're exploring food halls and special ghost kitchens. Yeah. Um, one, one, one company, actually, actually another uh, Westfield location, um, they, they've, um, also, um, exploring adding uh, apartments, okay. and so, and so uh, that makes sense. which which makes sense, I think. And, and the other thing they've also done is um, some WeWork type, uh, uh, co-working type spaces too. Too. I think that Westfield. I mean, I don't know how these are doing, because online has become so strong over the last eighteen months. But that Westfield, like the way they designed it, was like they basically made pockets of it into certain themes. So, like if you were like looking for like athletic wear, athleisure wear. Like Lululemon would be right next to like Aloe and like next to something, it'd all be like one pocket. And like this, uh, not Lucid, but the other fertility Tesla. clinic yeah. is right next to like Ford, which is like the new kind of physical, I mean, new kind of um, concierge doctor. And like they have these little sections. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't go there, but we go there occasionally for work. We go to Century City, someone drags us out yeah. there. But like whenever I go to that damn mall, I always end up spending money. Yeah. Beyond the food, I would buy something because yeah. it's so well like put together and curated. You're like, you just I don't know. I always end up leaving there with a shopping yeah. bag. Well, and they and that mall, I, I used to work down there, and yeah, so I saw them transform it from the old traditional box stand mall. mall, mall. They yeah. took off all these ceilings, and it took yeah. them a couple of years to to oh, do the renovation. And I, and I remember looking at it, thinking like, what are they doing? And yeah. and I kept wondering, does this make sense? And they spent like a ton. I oh, think close to close to close to uh, definitely a few hundred million dollars, if oh, not yeah. almost a, a billion, maybe even. And so it was close. It was, it was a lot of money, and and uh, you know, like they've redone it. They've got the Italy there now mm -hmm. too. This whole Italian. Which I wonder how well that does. I don't know if that does that well. I've heard. I've heard it. It's, it, it's, does? it. It does really well. Yeah. Because it's a big but space. It's a big space. Um, you know, and then they modeled the one in Las Vegas after it, and but then also they've they've got the Soul Cycle and the whole yeah. thing thing now. Uh, they got which, a lot of which, stuff. Which which is surprisingly actually now now that we're sort of in the end stages of, of the pandemic. You know, one of the other things I found interesting they were saying is a lot of the fitness centers, which we all thought were dead because they all had to shut down because of COVID and people were worried about, you know, them being uh, environments where COVID spread. Apparently, all these big fitness players like Crunch Fitness and 24 Hour Fitness, Orange Therapy and these Club Pilates type places, like they're all on the hunt now for new U.S. locations because they're because they're coming back really strong. Um, so, so the retailers are somewhat coming back. Um, I think one of the good quotes which i think applies to all real estate they said is you know good real estate will always you know won't have an issue getting redeveloped and these malls yeah. that are well located will be fine as long as they redevelop them yeah and so but it's really the the locate the malls that are in not so great locations not strong demographics surrounding it those are the ones that'll you know really yeah. need to uh, well, materially I, redevelop or yeah. readjust or they'll or reposition to, yeah reposition or, or yeah. they're going to go under i, I think that, that, that there's been a refrain for a long time that this this you the U.S. is over retailed, and yeah. for a while it worked because that was the whole model that you'd have, you know, this 
a central retail, like a central whatever, Westfield yeah. is not a great example, but that's, you'd have this place where everyone would go yeah. buy their goods and then housing would spread away from it. And now it's like, well, you can just buy goods anywhere. Yeah. And they'll just deliver food anywhere. Yeah. And so that's all I've been tough to understand, except for things like Westfield, yeah. which are so well located and the experience is so like well done that it's really hard to replicate all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, then it's, it, you said it correctly. It's, it's all about that experiential real estate retail yeah. to have that environment um, where it's a different experience where you can go do your fertility thing or you could go do your physical yeah. classes or you could go Well, you end up Italian. doing your fertility Utility. thing and then you buy a and then a dumpling and then you leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's interesting too, the uh, other retailers, they said Starbucks, I heard, you know, they claim that they're now, U.S. sales are back to fully recovered from, you know, pre-pandemic days. The big wild card, though, is is the movie theaters. Yeah. You know, well, I, just on Starbucks real quick. I think I'm not at all surprised at Starbucks because I, I tell you, I I like going and getting, like, fancy coffee when we were on our business mm-hmm. trips and stuff. But where I've now hit the line is, like, one, I'm short, generally short on time. And I and the Starbucks app is now so good that, like, you just punch your thing in and it doesn't matter if you're in Austin or Arlington or Los Angeles. It's the same. And, like, you'll just get what you want super easy, whether it's, like, a green Oh, you tea. mean you could get it ahead of time? And you get it ahead of time. It's oh. just sitting there waiting for you. And, like, I like the idea of going to, like, super fancy coffee shop, getting some super fancy coffee. But that's, like, a 30-minute situation. Like, I yeah. just don't have 30 minutes unless it's, like, part of a bigger meeting or something happening. So I'll tell you, like, I'm not surprised at all. Like, that, the one thing, like, when, when things shut down, the, the first sign of light that I saw, I think we talked about this on the podcast, was, like, when the Starbucks shut down, I was like, damn. But when it came back... You're so happy. I was, like, I was like, okay, things are starting to know. Like, this is like May. Things, so things are getting are not better. Normalizing, but things are, then they, they came back, and then there was a door that I would go in that was shut down for COVID. And when that opened, I was like, this is like June. I was like, oh, we're back. <laughs> this is June 20. So well, well, a lot of people also long, feel, feel, a lot of people <laughs> feel the same way you do about Starbucks. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Movie theaters. Movie theaters is the wild card. That's the though, wild though. card. Although I did go, actually, to a movie this oh. weekend. Oh. <laughs> so I tried well, to help the box office. Well, don't share that yet. Well, that'll be your content portion okay. of this thing. But, uh, but, I, but what I've learned is there were a couple of movie theaters that – um, especially I, in, a, in L.A. are sort of iconic, like the Arclight Cinemas, especially there's one in Hollywood, the Arclight yeah. Cinema Dome, which I've seen a couple of big premieres there. Um, you know, it's always kind of an experience to go to that big movie theater. And I, I've heard that their owner, their parent company, uh, DeCurian, uh, they, they've indicated they're not going to reopen them. And so, and so I think COVID, while I think viewership was declining a bit pre, you know, pre-pandemic, I think pandemic has has um, accelerated at least a certain amount of theaters going out. Um, you know, same same along the same lines. I think the online. You know, pe- we've now trained to order more things online. The other thing is interesting was Bed Bath and Beyond. I heard is remodeling. They have a big flagship store in Manhattan, and they're completely remodeling it, the layout and everything, and they're gearing it up more for a place where you. You, you come in, well, you can order online, and so you can just come in and just get your stuff and get out if you want. Yeah. But it's also more interaction, experiential, uh, experiential yeah. more interactive, and, and so which, again, is sort of where they see, like, you know, these were trends retail was heading, but it's just all been accelerated now because yeah. of the pandemic. So I'll tell you two things on the movie theater. One is that it economically, I, I somebody shared, explained this to me, it economically makes less sense for like Disney or ever whoever's making movies to use movie theaters. Because the thing is, is when they get you on the Amazon Prime or the or the Disney Plus or whatever, you're paying the six, seven dollars there. And then when the new like 
Frozen comes out, Frozen 3 comes out, then you're paying the 20, right? And so if you, if, if you do the movie theater, yeah, it's, it's a $12 ticket times a family of four, $50, mm-hmm. but the reality is that it's a split between the movie theater, movie theater and, the, and, this, and the distribution house, the studio, is actually, like, it's not even 50-50. It's like a 20-80 split or something mm. like that. And so on, the, on actually, like, a profitable business, it makes way more sense that that family says, we will download the Frozen for $20, and yeah. we'll pay the $6 to be in the system. Yeah, I guess it only, it, for the distributors, definitely a better deal to, to distribute to on their eliminate own. eliminate. To eliminate that. that, that eliminate yeah. that, because for the movie theater guys, I guess from what I've heard is, you know, obviously they make money because they on share, the t- on the, but it's all the concessions, which, yeah. which it was funny because we bought movie tickets, and then I went and bought some water, yeah. and the three waters <laughs> and juice Four I bucks, bought was bucks. almost more than the more tickets. than the tickets. And I just, you know, they're Although they're I did again. say on the positive side, which I saw in the LA Live, the AMC, is that I've now seen that they are starting to broadcast the UFC fights. Oh, at the movie theater. At the movie theater. Oh, which that's I didn't know how they did that. I didn't that. know they, that was a And I, they do have, I, th- I believe they, they do sell alcohol in there. But to me, that's like kind of a because they did that. You used to tell me they used to, they do that at the UFC gym. At gyms, the UFC gym, and yeah, that's but, a thing. But there's no alcohol. There's, there's no alcohol. But people are just working, yeah. working out at yeah, yeah. and they're watching you. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll they're bring doing. in like food truck guys. Yeah. To come, but in it's not like a party. Yeah. Right. So I assume I assume it's people, not as boisterous as a bar, or as, <laughs> as maybe AMC is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I've not been yet, but I was surprised <laughs> to see that thing at AMC. But it's not. I don't think it's a general twelve dollar ticket. I think it's like a twenty five dollar ticket, thirty dollar ticket. That's interesting because I remember now too the. One of the things about the arc light was I went there one time with a friend, and um, they had like a, their own little bar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, so too, and you get and you could you could get the yeah, food and stuff. It was it was like a you know it was like they had like fancier, more expensive wines, and then, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. their their chicken fingers were <laughs> were yeah. a little more artisan, yeah. and so they charged more for it. I remember thinking that was kind of unusual for at a movie theater to be acting like they're a restaurant. And so, uh, really interesting to see what happens because yeah. definitely definitely probably be more theaters closing down. But I think so. I think so, but I think there's going to be some that, that are going to take this other route and do other content and different timings and second runs. And yeah. I think there'll be some, they'll, something will spring out of it. Yeah. Well, and then there's the specialty theaters, because also I was listening to, I guess, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. But saved doing, saved yeah, another yeah. Hollywood uh, and he's gonna classic open it Hollywood theater. Yeah, he's going to reopen it. And he claims there was some uh, similar theater in Beverly Hills that he bought that he kind of saved from going out of extinction. And he claimed after they reopened it, they were sold out the first few nights or something. And so, yeah. I think I think for those diehard film types, People, there yeah. there there, there will be Gore some yeah, yeah, yeah. there will be some that stuff nature. that'll still survive. Yeah. Well, shall we do some items of the week? Sure. All right. I've got a good number for you. Okay. Uh, so this week, this uh, this number came about. I'm not sure from where, but it, it's sixty percent is my number, and that is the number of U.S. homeowners that have mortgages today that are below 4%. And so when you look at that number and you look at the U.S. housing market, you realize like almost two-thirds of people have mortgages that are like at historically low levels. And so that, that, to me that creates two things. One is that when mortgage rates go up, if they eventually ever do, that those people in those 4% or lower mar- rates are going to be really, really, unless they're really trying to trade up or have to do something, they're going to be hard-pressed to say, I'm going to trade my 3% rate for a house I'm good with unless I have to do it for something that might be a 5 or 6. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess that's true because I, you know, my mortgage rate is pretty low too, but I remember, but I'm 
almost at the end of my 30 years <laughs> on mortgage. Yeah. And, and you got refi. <laughs> refi. But, but, uh, but I remember the past, it's almost like uh, in the 70s, I guess there are 80s when gas prices were like ridiculously high because of inflation. I mean, people have forgotten that. I think interest rates, at least, you know, I didn't have a home back then. I was too young. But back in the 70s and in the 80s, I think interest rates were significantly higher than, yeah. than, than 4 or 5%. They're closer to 8%, I think. And so I think this generation, or at least a lot of the millennials, or, or any of the younger generation, I don't know what's in between millennials and the next level up. Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. They, you know, they're probably used to this 4% below 4%. Yeah. <laughs> they don't realize. We're used to it. We're used to it. I, I'm used to it now. I'm not used to it. So, like, it. I, I, I want to get it out. So, but, but, uh, but I remember part in those 70s, yeah. you know, the interest rates were much higher. Probably 8, 9, 10. 8, 9, 10%. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, it's interesting that, that, and there's so many people, like you said, who now have that. And so, but I think so when, as we go, go on, eventually the markets, and, I, and we're saying, we're just talking about this, you're starting to see the markets. They're not like soft, They've just, but they're like little cracks now where things are staying on the market a little longer. Things that are maybe probably overpriced, they're not selling. Yeah. It's a little bit of relief, yeah. It, it wasn't it, just a little being bit of a, Yeah, now things right are starting to normalize a little bit. You know, so, but I think rates, this rate thing will be interesting, especially if interest rates rise and if inflation does really start to move. Um, what was your number? Um... My number is actually, I was talking a little bit about the future of, of smart warehouses. I touched on this a little bit about, um, you know, drones being used in, in, in the warehouse business. And so my, my fast number that I was surprised to learn is it talks about smart warehouses. The number is 35,000. And there are some warehouses where companies can now basically pick and fulfill an order for, for an item. And uh, they can do 35,000 orders per hour. And then, and then within 30 minutes later, have all those 35,000 orders packed and boxed, ready for ship. Wow. And so it, it, it's part of a larger trend, again, accelerated by pandemic, of us wanting our goods. We order them. We want them faster. You know, historically, people expect to get their goods delivered, you know, six to seven days. Now the average customer expects delivery to take four and a half days. And if you're like, the, like you know, you get Amazon Prime and you, you kind of want it faster even – and, so, and, and Amazon Prime's proven they can make a lot of money doing that. It's only a service. And so we're getting faster and faster and, and more smart warehouses, they call it. And this is sort of a global warehouse phenomenon. Uh, you know, they project now, studies have shown that by 2026, you know, the market will be a $30 billion smart $30 warehouse. Billion. Yeah. Wow. And smart warehouses comprise of not just, you know, it's, it's, it's a warehouse where you have robots actually taking away human jobs, doing this picking and sorting because they can do it much more efficiently and faster. But it's also adding in the drone features that I talked about for deliveries and also um, doing more data analysis and collecting information on, on, on the supply chain and then using artificial intelligence to actually figure out where the weaknesses are and how to sort of fill the gaps and make the supply chain more efficient. All, again, to meet the demands of today's consumers wanting everything now, 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 now. Yeah. So. It's interesting because, like, as we go further along, like, the the – this idea of like used to be such a thing to have goods and like get goods like you said like seven days now it's four yeah. days I don't even know like what is taking four days for it yeah. to arrive I can't even think of like the last yeah. thing took four days that seems like a long time actually now everything comes like the next day or two days and that's going to even shrink further but I think like there, there's a lot of it now that the the idea of like goods and 
is just it doesn't have the same I don't know how to con like articulate it, but it does it's lost a lot of its cachet. Like, that you just buy things you need or you want. Or you guess. want, yeah. yeah. But like like you said the people used to usually you know, really want things and then they'd take a long time or they'd have to work to save So you up appreciate for that. it more. Yeah, you'd appreciate more. it more. But now that's all gone, it feels like. Like it's a lot of it's gone. Like you're just buying things because you need them or maybe you like want a new jacket or whatever it is. But it just doesn't feel like you I don't know, some of that's gone. And I think as we as our children get older, well, at least you guys don't have children yet. Yours is but anyway, as you as children get older, I don't think the idea of goods it's gonna be like ubiquitous. It's like you just need something, you just order it. And just, yeah, it's, it's there. And it's like, just there. It's there in thirty minutes yeah. and you're done. Yeah. Like what's it's like kinda of, kinda of like food delivery. Yeah. Like you used to be like, Oh, I wanna to go to this restaurant. And now, like, you do the restaurant, just bring it to you in an hour. <laughs> yeah, or you have Uber Eats. Yeah. And, and or Uber, service. yeah, something yeah. like you would just bring it to you yeah. in an hour or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's now like, become the norm to just expect, like you said, goods or food and things just yeah. to, be, to be readily accessible. I mean, there's very few, like, I, I, like if we think about like, the amount of things that people would wait in line for, mm -hmm. like, you've got to be, like, amazing for people to wait in line for you. Like, I don't know, do people wait in line for iPhones anymore, Jason? Do they? Do they? I, do people do that? I don't know. I remember that in like 2005 yeah, yeah. or seven, That's whenever nice. that thing came out. I, I knew people that waited in line for that thing. I didn't even understand it. I'm like, I kind of like the buttons on my BlackBerry. I was like, two thumbs are better than like, you know, one finger or whatever. I guess that's true. I'm just trying to think, what do people wait online for these Wait, days? It's got to be something really like like really a, like limited edition or, limited new, or new product yeah. coming out, like new you would video game know, like or something. Some new sneaker. Some or new sneaker here, a new video game. But it appeals to such a niche amount of people that yeah. you can't get it but going this way through like a retailer or something. Yeah. Well, I guess that also has fueled the reselling market. Yeah. It's, it's, because because people some people won't wait and they'll just pay a little more to get it. Yeah, <laughs> get or it pay a lot some, more. Who pay cares? pay a little more to buy it from someone who waited online. But like, so. there's not many things out that like we wait in line for anymore. Goods. Yeah. You might wait for an experience. You might be like, okay, I want to get into this club or this restaurant or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But outside that, like yeah, that that's pretty much gone. Yeah, yeah. But see, but but with that change, the old physical has to change, like these warehouses, because. Yeah. That, yeah, the goods don't really. It's not you know. There's no teleportation. No, but it, <laughs> they don't it's just show up. Where it's getting to is yeah, like yeah. So I mean, even similarly, like we know some guys who are in the food storage kind of business. Yeah. And their whole investment theme is getting that food faster and closer, and so they buy warehouses with more cold storage so that you can get fresher, faster, closer to the end user. And so this overall trend of wanting everything is just going to keep continuing because, like you said, the younger generation, it's the norm. They think like, oh, why does it take so long? Yeah, it's so antiquated. How it's changed so much. Yeah. I mean, it's just like uh, not to date myself. Just when I before college and when I was a paralegal, you know, we we would work on documents and deals, and it was it was always about getting documents shipped cross country in different places, and, and you know, it was a day or two days. And then it, as I got older, then it just became a day because of FedEx. And FedEx was very revolutionary. That's yeah. basically what it built their business across on. Across the business, across yeah, the country, country right? right? And then now, today, you don't always, unless for certain things, even just in our real estate work that we do, you know, unless we're signing something, you got to send originals overnight. Like, people just email things, and that's pretty instantaneous. <laughs> and, so, and you just print them out on your printer. And so the, the times have evolved in terms of, you know, efficiency. And I think, yeah, the warehouse and supply chain will continue to evolve like that. So if you're in real estate in the warehouses, that's something to think about if you're buying We'll talk more about this next week, Because right? I think it's interesting to kind of like really think about like where this is all going. But since I have you, any content this week? Anything, 
Uh, but just the LA. Did, I went to the movie theater, and so I went to support uh, the, the local theater owners. The dinosaurs. And so, so okay. it was it was it was a nice experience. Um, you know, still still you know, uh, you know we we had to have assigned seating, so there's still some lingering uh, after effects of COVID, where you know we can only sit in our assigned seats. Um, so so uh, that was a little different, but it also was not as crowded too. And it was a July Fourth weekend, which I guess normally there's a blockbuster although i was seeing a movie that was sort of the second week it was out yeah but uh normally you know normally july 4th you'd have some premiere of some major disney or marvel movie or something and it'd be packed and so it wasn't uh it wasn't Did as crowded premiere on july 4th yeah they used to be usually they have some big i thought that was like more of an outdoor usually there's like i remember it because i always remember in the news server they would always talk about the box office receipts july for, for, for july 4th weekend yeah and so I, what I noticed interesting was now that they reopened the theaters, like the movie I saw, fa- one of the Fast and Furious movies, uh, they Fast opened Furious it. Fast Furious 9. 9. The they opened, they, yes, they, they, they premiered the movie a week earlier, a week before July 4th. Mm. And so this was the second week that, that it was there. And what's interesting is there's a Marvel movie coming out this week, which is a week after July 4th. So mm. they avoided July 4th. And I think part of it also is I think there was a belief, which I think is true, everyone was going away. To, to on the road somewhere and go you know for their Vegas July Fourth because now the pandemic's partially over and they want to go out and they want to either go to Vegas or they want to drive to San Francisco or Palm Springs or wherever, and so they were concerned that there would be less people willing to go into the movie theater. Fair, fair. What was uh, your content? My content was uh, it was a, a a new show I'm watching on obviously HBO called Hacks. It stars Gene uh, Smart, who's a very funny lady. Um, and she's basically like a washed out Las Vegas comic. And she meets a young lady who's like a very talented comedic writer that got like some sort of Twitter uh, scandal and like got booted out of Hollywood. And so the two of them are like in Las Vegas. And I'm just only halfway through. But again, another HBO show that's it's just good content, easy to watch. My wife and I will just watch it like an episode here and there. Good dialogue, good funny. You know, interesting characters, well done. So I'll say, you know, it's not it's not Lupin. It's not you know, it's not some of the yeah. other stuff I'll watch, but it's good. It's it's a it's an easy watch. Yeah, my my, my binge watch was I, I uh, watched uh, Bosch, the final season of Bosch, which is on Amazon Prime, uh, which is a crime detective who's sort of an old school detective who. You know, very tenacious guy who Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles guy. And that that's why I enjoyed watching it, just because I that's like seeing, like that. seeing all the little LA scenes and you know places I might have visited and stuff. And so that's that's always kind of fun. And so um, you know, and he's a you know he's a tenacious guy who fights for for everyone. His famous quote is, you know, everyone counts or no one counts. So every murder counts, no matter if you're the billionaire billionaire who got murdered or if you're, you know, some um, you know poor poor uh, worker. Uh, your restaurant worker who doesn't make any money. If, if you've been murdered, you deserve to, the police to solve your murder. That's it. So. There it is. There it is. There it is, folks. Well, I don't have an upgrade this week. I don't know if you do, David. No, other than just uh, I, I made a couple of trips to the gym this week. Okay. <laughs> this holidays. Continue working Continue out. Continue working friend. out, and uh, interesting enough, you know, you know, uh, mix of mass wearing again and, and people spraying or not spraying the, the disinfecting on the machine. So it's, it's, it's always baby. interesting to see. All right. Good stuff, everyone. We'll continue to reach out on pod at goodlifehp.com. Uh, feel free to direct messages. And if you subscribe or give us a five-star review, we will be ever so thankful. So uh, this is it. David, final last words. 
Uh, be safe, everyone. Have a great week. Avoid the variant.